welcome to episode number four of the Sharps Report here on bettingpros.com. My name is Matt Peralt. You may know me from the Daily Juice podcast, which drops every single morning. It's a daily picks podcast. This podcast is not that. This is a long form conversation about everything to do with the sports gambling industry. We talk to people who are involved in the sports gambling media, bookmakers, market makers, sharp bettors, and people that generally just will make us better at picking and betting games. This week, we had the pleasure of talking to Alan Bell from CBS Sportsline. Alan's a guy who's been on my radio show a ton. He is super sharp. I have no worries and no issue calling him that. He does incredible research. He finds great nuggets. And we had an awesome conversation about where we are in sports gambling, betting on the NFL, betting in general, and tips that you guys can take into this coming football season that could help you become a better sports gambler. Without further ado, Alan Bell of CBS Sports here on The Sharps Report. It is time for episode four of the Sharps Report here. Matt Peralt with you, and we are really psyched to be joined. Just gave you the whole intro here for who this guy is. But Alan Bell has been on my radio show a ton. This is actually the first time I'm actually looking at Alan Bell, because normally we talk on the phone. So I actually can see him now as we tape this with video from CBS Sports Line joining us here on the Sharps Report. Alan, man, how are you? Great to have you. Buddy, good to be on here. I appreciate it. And yeah, uh, let me say, I've got a much better face for phone uh, <laughs> than I do on video. But no, dude, it's great to be with you, man. I appreciate it. I always say this. I chose the right career, right? I mean, <laughs> I would not have gone far in television. So I, I, I'm very happy with my radio decision to, to stay on uh, away from cameras as much as possible. But 2021, we got to tape everything now. So everything's video and audio. Well, let me start with this. Give me your bio, okay? Because I stumbled upon you, I'm not really sure, a couple of years ago, and you're a fantastic follow on Twitter. You, you're awesome to have on the radio, obviously, and you do a wonderful job with CBS. But when did this start for you? When did you you transition fully into full-time sports gambling content. Totally, man. Um, so about about seven, eight years ago, uh, I joined up at twenty four seven Sports to start uh, NFL coverage over there because it was really all like recruiting and college, right? And they wanted to expand into professional sports. So I went over there, started it with me and one other guy. He ended up leaving, and then we just kind of built that thing up. Uh, and then about. I'd say about six years into that, uh, CBS Sports ended up purchasing 24-7. So when we kind of merged all these groups together, they wanted to keep, you know, 24-7 strictly college, which made sense, like, for the branding. Um, and then, you know, kind of me and, and some other guys that were on the professional side, they were like, hey, let's let's figure out where everybody's best. Because CBS is a great company, and they're like, look, we're not getting rid of anyone. Like, let, let's find other areas. We've got pockets, right? So most people went over to, like, the CBS, like, sports just editorial side, right? And, I, you know, I, I was going to do that, but Sportsline was open and it was kind of just becoming a thing. And I've always been, you know, interested in sports gambling, you know, totally. So long story short, went over there, joined the team, you know, with guys like Larry Hardstein and, you know, Micah Roberts and RJ White. And uh, it's been fantastic ever since, man. And, you know, in the last two, three years, we've really uh, we've kind of built it up, you know, yeah. so it's been, it's been great, man. When did you did you was there a moment where you're like, oh, wow, this is a whole different world now? Did the company ever signal to you guys that, OK, all of a sudden we've got the energy and the juice? What was it like? Was, was there a moment where you're like, OK, this is going to be something that I can do for a long time here? Oh, 100%, man. So it was like, so I went over and don't get me wrong. Like they had a fantastic team already. Again, Larry Hartsey was running that thing. Uh, and it was, it was, you know, it, it was, a, you could tell that it was a monster, but 
they just hadn't put like the marketing effort, you know, kind of behind it. And, and that was, you know, rightfully so. They were waiting until, you know, uh, sports betting became legal, you know, in more states, obviously, than just Nevada. So CBS from, you know, uh, a, a marketing perspective has done it just perfectly and brilliantly. But yeah, I mean, like that first year, like there was there, there was a big, you know, kind of, uh, you know, learning period, you know, for me. And then once we started building out like our new show, The Early Edge, uh, we brought in Jonathan Coachman, uh, you know, to host that. And, you know, just kind of the level that that he is at uh, mm. and, and coming, you know, from his WWE background, like I could tell like five or six months ago when we we're starting this show and we're just kind of literally building it from scratch, you know, and you've got like d- like Kane, you know what I mean? It's like responding on Twitter, like to the show. And it's like, OK, <laughs> all right. This guy actually has like more than, you know, my, like you know, just idiot friend followers. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah like it 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 it, it was quick to happen but it's been fantastic man it's been an awesome ride and we're just starting yeah everything is just starting and that i think is one of the more interesting pieces to all this is that we're just in the beginning of this is is there any area of our media world with sports gambling content that you're concerned about you you ever look at something and go "Mm, that, that might not go over so well you know in a couple of years they can get away with it now but maybe in the future that's not going to fly totally totally and, and look and, and when i say this you know let, let me put sports line out there first as a company that does it as well um you know the focus on uh you know huge parlays and, and like other things like that like it, it's not good for the market because you know there's a reason why cathedrals are built in the desert and it's pretty <laughs> much based on parlays and things like that right so i think that while it's fun for sure, um, there's certainly uh, an education level, um, you know, that it, myself included, probably all of us included, you know, uh, of getting better at it because, you know, these sports books have had decades, you know, to perfect this thing, right? Like they, it, it, it's, it's, it's a weighted game, man. Like I'm not saying it's, it's unfair, like it's, it's right there for you, but, you know, the, the, the market, there's an education level. And especially when, you know, we're seeing new states come in, Tennessee being one of them. I'm here in Nashville. You know, we've only had sports betting since November of 2020. So, you know, uh, th- there's there's a, a large education level of people who've literally never placed a bet, you know, on a game um, and, and, you know, trying to explain to them like, hey, uh, these are what the numbers actually mean. Understand this. Right. And, you know, when you're looking at, yeah, like, you you know, you put together a huge parlay and that's fun and all. Don't be wrong. We all play them from time to time. But understand what you're getting into with that. Right. Like there's a reason why there's a big number out there. You're probably not going to get it. You know what I mean? So educating the market for sure. Um, and, and, you know, I'm interested where like the, the, the sports betting media um, as a whole. Uh, you know, kind of evolves with this because I think there's a lot of great things uh, that that the uh, you know that the, the media is already doing. I think it's educating you know the 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 users, the fan base, whatever you want to call it, uh, in a really great way. And I think you know also what you're seeing is that you know people like me and you who put picks out there, and, and you know there's all kinds of them. You know what I like is that there is a transparency factor. Right. So, you know, I see you do it all the time and the same as me. Like, you know, we'll put out our picks that we have for the day and then you wrap it up that night. And if you went over four, you put out that you went over four. You know what I mean? So I really like that. And I like that the market is taking to it saying I, you know, I enjoy the transparency. That's a good thing for everyone. So, yeah, I, you know, it's certainly not all like negative. I, I think that the, the sports betting media is doing a fantastic job, um, you know, with really a brand new world that a lot of people really aren't used to, you know. Yeah, I agree. And one of the things that's 
troublesome in Vegas. I mean, you know, everyone brings up Vegas Dave just because he's the, the kind of the poster child literally here in Vegas. He's now running billboards in Vegas to advertise his oh, Instagram wow. account, which is re- like insanity to me. But yeah. those types of people that are not transparent, that are not the, the boiler rooms, the, the people that are selling both sides of one game and they aren't, you know, they aren't being responsible for the people that, you know, when, when you go on Showtime and say, yeah, half my client base are degenerate addicted gamblers and, you know, so what? I'll take their money. Like that type of stuff is always troublesome to me. And and I think what's important for all of us, and I think you just said it in terms of like where we are and being transparent about showing that losing's part of this. Do you find that in Tennessee, or just in any state or any people you guys are talking to that explaining that is, is hard for, for some people to understand that, you know, it's kind of like batting in baseball where if you lose seven out of 10 times, you're a hall of famer where we're in sports gambling, you know, we're going to lose the good ones lose, lose 45% of the time. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, you know, I'll say this. I, I think a lot of people have taken to it. They understand that, um, you know, in the beginning. Right. And they, and a hundred percent, they get it, you know, but where it comes is, and I'm sure you've seen the same thing, like say, you know, last night, let's just say that, you know, I had three games. I did. I'm just saying, you know, for example, and, you know, the same people that we've been talking to, you know, saying, Hey, you know, understand this. It's a lot like baseball. Like you said, like you've got to, you've got to look at this from a longer term perspective and they'll get that. And then you have like one bad night, you know, and they'll just flip out. It's like, buddy, relax. Like this is, this is a more than one day thing. Trust me. You know, so some of them, you know, the, the, there's, uh, you know, an emotion, you know, behind it. And certainly, you know, when you have money involved, it, it's always going to be that way. But no, I, I really do have to praise the market because it's done better than I thought that they would. Um, I, I thought that there would be a lot of people that just wouldn't understand, you know, those numbers in, in that perspective at all. And they have and they totally get it. And also, you know, what we what, what I see a lot of as well in our uh, early edge community they'll bring up, you know, when we'll do like a live show, we'll have like a chat going, they'll bring up guys like you guys, you know, all all over different cappers. And they're saying, Hey, they're looking at this. They're looking at this. And I love it. Like I love embracing it because one, like we're all one kind of big community against the book, so to say, you know? So like, I love that in the fact that, you know, that, that we don't have media that are like planting flags, like, no, this guy, you know, he's, he sucked. (laughs) Like, you don't see that. You know what I mean? Like, they might not acknowledge other cappers or other companies, but I like the ones that do, you know, uh, Todd yeah. Furman is another guy. Like I, I really enjoy his Twitter, fo- you know, following him and just his education level. Um, and, and he'll, you know, he'll talk about different books. He'll talk about different cappers and everything. And I love that because it's all about like one large community and mm-hmm. how can we all, you know, do the best that we can. If you're, you know, hitting three, four days in a row on baseball picks, well, buddy, I want to ride your picks. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, let <laughs> yeah. me put that out there. Like Peralt is crushing it right now. Like go take a look at him. So I like that. I like that the media market does that. And I like that the user base does that as well, because I think it's good, you know, for the business as a whole. Yeah, Todd was the first guest we had when we started this long form podcast. And the reason was is because I think he's the he's the type of guy that I think I want our media people to be like. I, I, I want more people in the industry to be like Todd. And I've and I looked up to him for years. I told him on the podcast. I mean, I've looked up to him for years saying, you know, what you've done, how you've built your following and, and how you represent yourself publicly is really a, a, an example for how a lot of us should be going. But how do you deal with the fact that there are people out there and this is, you know, this is not a knock. It's going to sound like I'm trying to knock somebody, but I'm not trying to knock somebody, but like, <laughs> you know, they're young, they're inexperienced, they're attractive, and they're out there putting picks out on behalf of a sports book that 
turn people off because they're either, you know, fading them because they're losing money or they don't trust them. Like, how do you deal with the books hiring media people when the picks that they're given really does it really their record doesn't matter. They don't care. The books don't care. All they care about is the content. Yeah. So uh, let me give a perfect example of that. You've covered sports for a long time. Do you remember like five years ago when NFL teams started really going heavy on their own editorial groups. Oh yeah. I look at it like that and you'll see things come out from it. And you're like, this is kind of odd. You know what I mean? Like you are the group, you know what I'm saying? Now I'm not saying that it's, it's negative, positive, anything. It's just, it's different. So I think that certainly it's a smart marketing move from the book's perspective to do that. But I also think, the good thing about it is this, and I say this all the time, whether people are involved in, you know, uh, they follow, po- you know, politics on, you know, on Twitter, they follow entertainment, they follow movies, whatever. The good thing about social media is that the market will quickly dictate what they're going to accept and what's not going to work. And you're seeing it to where we'll see books have their own people that come out. And then there's quickly transitioning to someone else, to someone else. Right. So, and I think a lot of that has to do with the market, you know, probably, you know, taking picks or or whatever, and you get burned, you get burned, you get burned and you know, they'll move quick. Like that's the one thing, like this, this market is good, uh, but you've got to be consistent because people will move off of you very, very quickly uh, and not come back. So um, it's certainly different. It's the wild west right now, honestly. Like if I were a book, I would absolutely be doing it too. I would certainly want to make sure that, you know, I, I certainly get like pushing like the boost and different things that you have, like marketing those out there. But I would certainly want it to be, like you said, like how would Todd Furman handle this, right? Like I really do think that he's <laughs> the best in the business. Yeah. And like, how do we do this from a marketing perspective, but also how do we do it from a credibility standpoint uh, as well? So I, I think that the market will force and dictate that as we go along. You, if somebody's doing something nefarious, it won't last long. Like the market will absolutely smoke these people out and we're already seeing it. Now, I, I hate personally when I make a play, I'll go ahead, I'll do the research, I'll find my side, I'll make the bet, say, hey, this is what I'm betting. And then I see the book put an odds boost on it. I cringe yeah. every time. How do you feel about odds boots from the books? Yeah, I, I, I don't like it either. Like it, the same like thing that you're saying, because there's something there, the reason that they're pushing it. You're like, damn it. You know what I mean? Like it, it would be the same as if, you know, all the guys like you, you know, that I follow and I look at, you know, everybody's picks for say today for major league baseball slate tonight. Right. And I look and it's like, there's four of you that, you know, I religiously, you know, look at your picks every day and all four of you are like on like the angels over, you know what I mean? And it's like, Ooh, damn, like there's something here, (laughs) you know? So, you know, from like a, a book boost perspective, I would say, and I say this to, to our users all the time that, just because it's put out there, it doesn't mean that it's good. And a lot of time it means that it's not good. So don't, you know, don't get persuaded in your brain, like really quickly that, Hey, this is, this is good. Do your homework on it. Like anything else, do your homework because some of them are, so they'll put some of them out there that are ridiculously good. But a lot of times uh, it's kind of like if you were shopping at a store and you know, they've got like, Hey, if you buy a shirt, you got, we've got a mystery box. <laughs> That's the mystery box. Like you don't know what's coming in that. So man, no, I, I get told by bookmakers here all the time because in Vegas, we don't have those things. We don't have odd boots, yeah. but we have them everywhere else. And so like, if I'm on a play and, the, and I'll say, you know, I don't, 
I'm angry about that. And I'll have bookmaker friends of mine here in Vegas and say, you're paranoid. You don't just don't worry about it. And I'll go, well, <laughs> and I'll say, well, wait, I don't understand because I'm watching these boosts. And so often these odds boosts aren't, aren't cashing. It's a trap. Yeah. They're laying a trap for the player. And he's like, yeah, but it all evens out in the end. It's all, you got to think long-term don't think. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, if the book needs a side, wouldn't they just odds boost to get the other side? Because they know if you offer plus 150 on a minus 110 bet, people are going to bet the 150. Yeah. And they're like, well, I think you're overthinking it. I'm like, no, I'm not overthinking it. You guys are evil in a lot of ways. So I'm not, <laughs> I don't trust you guys. I always tell my listeners, I don't trust the boost. It's not that they're not good or you can't take advantage of it. I just don't trust it. When it pops up on the screen, I'm like, uh, why is that there? And yeah. we never, and we never know why. No, you're you're exactly right. And, and look, uh, credit to these like the, these large books that have done uh, tremendous PR. Like they're like friends, like with the sports betters. You know what I mean? Like right. I was telling people like when it was coming. Like I said, it started in Tennessee in November of 2020. So for about three months leading into it, I would literally just do like little Zoom classes, right? Oh. With people, I was like, hey, if you have never placed a bet, jump on, grab a beer, like let's just sit and talk. Like I, I'm not, you know, an expert by any means, but I could get you started. I'm better than, you know, uh, yeah. uh, somebody brand new. Like I could teach you a couple things. Right. And that was the thing that I was saying is I was like, these books are out to take your money. Like this is a business. You know what I mean? Like understand that first and foremost. And then we see, you know, all these books come out and yeah, like they're like, like they're like friends with the betters and like another, another thing, you know, which I'm sure everybody's seen when they, you know, do like um, bad beat refunds. Etc. Things like that. Yeah, man. Like you know, it's cool. It's a, certainly a brilliant PR move uh, because they know. All right. Yeah. Hey, this one's tough. You know what? We're gonna make you feel good because they know seventy five percent of that money's coming back anyway. You know. So it, it's it's been fascinating to watch that. Um, you know that from that perspective because in the old days, you know, whenever me and my boys would you know save up to go out to Vegas literally and place as many bets as we can because we gotta come back. Uh, yeah, dude. Like you walked into those places like buttoned up like you were going for like a mafia sit down. You know what I mean? Like we have to do this correctly. So it's been funny to see the market kind of change that way. Yeah, it, it is about, you know, getting people in the door, right? It's, it's yep. about making, it's about making them feel good about the experience and making, you know, I, I asked Chris Andrews was, was a guest on this podcast for the second one. And I asked him, would you, would you want to have 10 betters place a hundred thousand or a hundred thousand betters placing $10? And he said, I'd rather have a hundred thousand betters bringing $10 because my job is to get people in the door. The yep. sports book is not the main cog of the South point. The South point is a casino first and foremost slots and tables. Oh, that little sports book in the back. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice, but we want the money coming in. So people coming in the door, that's what he wants. Online, it's different with the DraftKings fan duels who don't have brick and mortars. They are only a book. They've got to make sure that people feel comfortable and happy with the experience. If they don't, they go somewhere where they will be treated the way, the way they want to be treated. Yep. Unfortunately, that means people who are betting more than 50 bucks oftentimes are SOL. They don't really care about the, the professional. They're giving 25 buck refunds left and right. But the guy who plays 10 grand Good luck. Yeah, you're not getting that back anytime soon ever yeah. in the sports book. So, like, I feel like there is a different. That's why I feel for some professional gamblers who are very angry at the newbies coming in because their experience is so different. They're being treated so much differently than the guy who's betting 25 bucks a day. Than the because they this is their livelihood and they really have that adversarial relationship with them against the book where they feel like the book is putting their arm around the guy the 25 book book better and saying, "Yeah, out of boy, come on, way to go." 
Do yeah. you do you do you feel that way at all? That like there's different. I hate calling them classes of people, but there's different levels to this game. I guess. Oh, I there, yeah, there absolutely are. There's different levels in a lot of things, right? Like we're not saying anything negative on anybody, but there's yeah. absolutely a level of better who is placing much higher, much higher bets consistently than other people. Like that's that, that's perfectly fine. And you're right, the game has changed in terms of that's why these books give out so many different, um, you know, uh, first time better signups because they 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 need new people in right they yeah. you got to keep people coming in uh and that's a, you know fund that account fund that account like and i get it that, that's their business that's fine yeah. um you know you bring up a good point and i haven't really thought about that i wonder if and i don't know you know the numbers behind it just thinking out loud i wonder if you know like when you go into a casino and you know you're going to play you know uh, just uh, poker or blackjack whatever you've got different levels of you know, uh, uh, you know, table minimums, right? There are rooms where, uh, buddy, you got to have stacks to come in these and play these games. I wonder if there's ever a point where, you know, some of these larger books uh, or, you know, a book that just knows what they're doing says, all right, you know what, we're going to cater to, to that, you know, level of player um, and, 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 attract all of them to one place now again i don't know you know if that's you know would be financially uh, you know positive i have no idea i'm not, I'm not smart enough for that well but it's happening and it's happening in vegas with circus sports i mean circus, yeah. circus doing that circa is trying to be seen as the book the professional bookmakers bookmaker i mean that's i love what, it and, and yeah. you know what uh, first off i love it i love they're doing that second uh i'm glad that you brought them up because we uh had a a conversation in our office like a year and a half ago uh when circa was really you know kind of exploding on the scene i have to give them credit because they would come out with you know uh, you know it would be nfl sunday and they would fire out next week's lines quicker than anyone else you know what i mean and i'm not saying that other books are just you know copying another different books lines you know just to keep themselves safe circle would put themselves out there consistently over and over and over and i'm telling you every week like it was high praise from all of us because it it takes stones to do that you know what i mean and they would they wanted to be the first ones out there uh, so credit to them. They put their necks out on the line and, and I can't wish them enough success, um, you know, for everything that they're doing. So that's cool to hear that, that they're catering to that, yeah. you know, level of better. I just hope there's an East coast version. I mean, they're yep. in Colorado and Iowa, but I hope that there's going to be others that will, that will follow that model of transparency of taking big bets of not trying to, to, to kick out gamblers, not limiting gamblers, you know, trying to be, you know, fair, I guess is the better word is to say, look at, if you're winning, you're somebody has got to win, right? I mean, yep. it, the name of the game is them to win and make our money, take our money, but someone's got to win. And if someone's winning consistently, they shouldn't be penalized and punished for winning consistently if they're doing it right and fairly. Now, if they're shopping numbers and scraping and doing different, you know, nefarious things to get an edge. Okay, fine. That's up to the, that's up to the, you know, to the property to say, look, we don't feel like you're doing this properly. We can take a bet or not take a bet from you, yeah. but if you're doing it right, you know, you're doing your research and you're just good at this and it's, you know, one V, one and no extra advantage and the players beating you consistently good for the player like yeah credit to them they're doing their yeah. homework yeah absolutely yeah. make it right don't be jerks about it don't throw them out because they're winning like we've seen so much with the european model which sucks yeah it limits it changes the experience for the that professional and it makes it makes it harder for everybody because frankly look the professionals are the reason why we get the numbers that we get yep. so if you think you don't need pros, you need pros. You don't want to go to war against a book without the pros being there to hammer that number to, to, to the right place. 100%. And the showcase a bad, a bad number. Yep, 100%. I could not agree more. 
All right. How much do you line shop? Let's talk about some of your processes as to how do you, you go into making a bet? Do you do you line shop? How much do you do of that? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely do. Um, you know, for, you know, a lot of the bets right now, you know, you're looking across Major League Baseball. It's it's it, you're not finding too terribly much difference, at least in terms of the games. Um, you know, if you're looking at props, things like that, a million percent, the NBA, especially the playoffs. I'm telling you, I had a list of books, excuse me, and, and I would. I absolutely an old school, like pen and paper writing down, not only, you know, the over under. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like these are my, this is my book. This is my writing down of everything I yeah. write down. Dude, you're so right. If anybody's listening to this, it's brand new. A pen and paper is your best friend because it is, it, you can't keep everything up here. You got to write it down. So yeah, like I would not only shop for, you know, what the over under numbers would be in terms of, you know, different player props, things like that, but also the pricing as well. So, yes, I think it's a very, very important. Obviously, every state is different of what, you know, you have available to do so. But when you, you know, most states are going to have a FanDuel, a DraftKings, um, you know, William Hill, now Caesars. You're going to have a lot of these books. But then I also like to look if there are local. So in Tennessee, we have a company called Action 24-7, and they are specifically only in Tennessee. They're based here in Nashville. Um, so, yeah, like I love I love that that aspect is here, too, because it kind of keeps those big books on check. Right. Mm -hmm. And they'll call it out like I love mm -hmm. that they'll do it. They'll say, hey, everybody's got, you know, Pat Connaughton at six and a half points in this game. We've got it at five and a half. And they're not doing it for like from a boost perspective. They're doing it from, hey, look. You want mm -hmm. play here. So I like that aspect, but yeah, long story short, to answer your question. Yeah, absolutely. We'll line shop, you know, certainly on, uh, you know, on the props factor. Yeah. Props price. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm in Vegas, so I'm lucky that I've got eight, you know, I've got eight books on my phone. So I'm lucky in, in that sense that I can go ahead and quickly pull up different things. I, I do. I love the fact that I can't bet into all these different markets, but I can look at the numbers of different markets across the country and see where FanDuel, DraftKings, Blame Hill. You know, I could, it's always funny when, you know, BetMGM New Jersey and BetMGM Vegas have different numbers. Yeah. And it, cause it's two different companies. So it's, it's funny. The average person doesn't realize that, but you can compare and contrast the two of them and you can look at and see, okay, cause tech, I mean, I'm a little biased, but I tend to <laughs> shade towards Vegas's numbers. That if I feel like, you know, Vegas is at six and maybe six and a half is a New Jersey. I like I'll take the six and a half because I'm seeing the, the, the number is moving here in Vegas because the probably the pros or some sharper people are moving it downwards and I can get a better number yeah. on the East Coast and say, OK, take the six and a half versus taking the six. So that that's always fun. I, I think line shopping is something that people who get into this need to learn quickly that, you know, if you only have one book, that's a big problem. You should yeah. have like have as many books that are open to you. You should have accounts open and funded in some form or fashion, or at least being able to mobily fund them and then move money around. However, you're going to move money around to, to, to find the right bet the, the right mind. And then that's why I have a book. I keep that track. I keep track of it because I want to know what books I'm winning at, what books I'm losing at, what, you know, how am I actually performing? You know, where, am, am I shopping too much? Am I shopping too, 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 you know, only a couple different books? I'm like, how am I doing it? Trying to write down my whole process to really, you know, self-check myself. And that kind of is my, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Like I, you brought up an excellent point. And that was another thing uh, that I would try to, you know, kind of educate the, the brand new market to is I was like, literally, I was like, whether you want to write it down, whether you want to use an Excel file, whatever, I was like, track every single pick that you make every day. And I was like, break it down by sport. 
Major League Baseball, college basketball, college football, NFL. Like, literally, you don't have to go crazy with it. Like, you don't have to have a bunch of formulas. Like, right. just write down what the pick was. You know, uh, did it, you know, win, lose, you know, and, and you know, how close, you know, were you, you know, in terms of the spread, whatever. Uh, because you will get an idea of, you know, kind of how you're performing and how that league is performing, like where you're finding consistency. The last two weeks, ever since the all-star break after, you know, in major league baseball, it was, it was craziness. Like nobody was winning. I, you know, everybody, you know, you, me, everybody, you know, that I follow on Twitter, like every night it was like, dude, X, 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 like, because it, there was no consistency. Now we're starting to see it. Yeah. again and everybody's starting to hit these picks again um so yeah anybody out there that's that's brand new to it like you, you are one million percent correct because you'll find those areas and you're like maybe i ought to hold off on major league baseball for a week like <laughs> you know what i mean like maybe yep. there's something here that i'm not hitting them the people that i follow aren't hitting them like maybe i should just hold off and i could look at another sport so yeah i, I could not recommend that enough Man. yeah I, I tell the audience of the, the daily juice a lot that there are certain days where like i wouldn't be betting if i wasn't being paid to bet right now just like yeah. hey, just fyi like hey, if it wasn't my job to do it i would not be betting today like i hate the card or i hate the slate or there's nothing really fun to bet here i'm not looking at you know i'm not seeing any angle here it's you know just one of those things and, and you know I'm, I'm a big believer in the, like when it stops have becoming fun walk take a week off take walk. a month off walk yeah. away have some fun go do something else go play golf you know go go to a bar hang out whatever you got to do to get your mind right go work out at the gym but you know you know I, I see people all the time going like oh i'm getting my ass kicked this sucks i hate this i'm never betting again okay that means when you say that that means you need to get away from the board like yeah. walk away it's not yeah. worth it it's supposed to be fun it's supposed to be entertainment yeah for us. it is no, and like, that's, that's anything in life like you know, because you're going to run into this at all time, like writer's block. I mean, that's seriously like the same thing. It's good to step away for a little bit, just kind of clear your head. And it might not even be you. It might be the league. It might be that the books have just gotten sharp as hell on these numbers yeah. right now. And, you know, no matter how good you are, you're not going to, you know, you, you, you're going to be to win consistently. You're going to have to be really, really good. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. There's nothing wrong with just saying, you know what, I'm going I'm to take a week off. Let, let me take a weekend off. Let me take two days. You know, anything. It, it, that's always good. Taking college football and college basketball off the table for a second. How do you feel sure. about betting in the regular season versus betting in the postseason for pro sports? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I get my ass kicked. I, I have now gone two years straight where I do very well in the regular season. And then I get my teeth kicked down my throat in the postseason. Yeah. So I'll say this. What I found in the NBA is that you're going to have obviously different teams uh, as you go along, you know, throughout the playoffs, you know, year over year over year. But a lot of times those historicals do kind of align. And what I mean by it is this, is that when you look at teams that have played seven games in the first series, seven games, you know, in the second, right? Like you, you might not be playing you know, the two teams that are playing. You're, you're, you're literally playing the number, right? So I saw that a lot this year, uh, especially as we got closer to the finals with teams like the Hawks, the Suns, uh, you know, the Suns had themselves rest constantly to start the last two series and they started them off on fire. Right. But it was like, then when the other team would, would, would rest up and finally get a chance, you know, to kind of even that out, they'd go out there and kick the ass. Right. So mm. yeah, like NBA, the historicals play out pretty well. NFL, man, you're playing a number, but you're certainly playing teams. Uh, it really does come down to matchups, man. And, you know, understanding run defense versus run offense, pass offense versus pass defense, because, 
you know, you could have somebody like Aaron Rodgers, you know, who's legitimately the most talented quarterback in the league, right? Not saying the goat, like I'm just saying, you know, just physical talent level, but he's going up against, you know, a defense that is shutting Aaron Jones down. So it's literally just him. So, I mean, it it can change things really, really quickly. Mm. Uh, Baseball's pitching. You know what I mean? Like it, just from my perspective, like if, if you've got a team like the Dodgers now where they're going to roll out, you know, Bueller, Kershaw, and now Scherzer, uh, you're, you're going to get a lot of unders, man, at least early. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, it's different. Like, what are you, what about you? Like, what are your thoughts here? The same well, way. I, I mean, I think for me, it comes down to how much data the, 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 the leagues are, are, are presenting to the books. And by yep. the time you get to the postseason, where you've got 32 NFL teams or 30 baseball teams, 30 NBA teams that are playing, and we've got 14 games to pick through versus yeah. three, like it's so condensed. The books know that all the money is coming in on those three books and those yep. three plays. So they've got, you know, super, super algorithms going into it that I feel like the numbers have become so sharp. And, you know, I, I've talked to people who literally don't bet the postseason. They just say, look, I'm not playing it. I, I don't have an advantage. I don't have the options. I don't have the edges because the books have to hang numbers on everything. When, yeah. they, only have to, when they only have to hang number on three games. Now you've got the whole war room. You've got everyone involved. You have the offshore market influencing the onshore market a ton. Like we're talking about half a, I mean, half a point here, half a point there especially in the prop market. I mean, it is whittled down to a fine tip and it's really hard to find any angles that I've begun to start to come around to the idea of like, okay, build a bankroll up during the regular season and then kind of really be fine and pick your spots in the postseason. Because like in the NFL, I was up 11 and a half units and then I gave nine back in the postseason. Yeah. No, no, (laughs) no. You bring up, you bring up up another great point. Like um, the, these books, when there are, you know, uh, a few games like the NBA finals, uh, perfect example. Like you said, the war room, the entire room, is all on this game. So, you know, you compare that to the first game of, you know, March Madness, you know, where they probably don't have, you know, I'm here in Nashville. They probably don't have a Belmont and Lipscomb guy, right? You know what I mean? But when you have the national championship, dude, that whole room is on, you know what I mean? Duke, Villanova, whoever, right? So, yeah, like that's a great point too that a lot of people probably don't think about that. Yeah. You know, it's already hard enough. This sport is already difficult enough now when they've got all the sharks, you know, just coming right at you, but it could be good. It could get tight quick. Yeah, I agree. Well, this is a great springboard into, into the confidence conversation. So like I mentioned, I was up 11, 11 and a half units in the NFL regular season, gave nine back in the postseason. So I go to the Super Bowl, right? I'm getting my ass wailed on. I'm pissed yeah. off. I'm so mad at myself. I'm questioning everything. I'm like, this is, this is awful. I'm giving all the money back that I made. I was feeling so fucking, oh, sorry, so good about myself that I was so mad about what, what was happening. And then yeah. here comes the Super Bowl, right? So I make eight plays on the Super Bowl. Yeah. I normally bet one I, in, in the NFL. I'm normally a half a unit minimum up to, up to one unit on NFL games. So I'm like, I'm so cold. I'm betting just quarter units, eight wagers, one them all. Wow. So instead of keeping to my normal half unit or unit and yeah. winning all the money back that I had just lost, <laughs> I yeah. instead I, I questioned myself and I, I still look at that. I go, I went eight, you know, in the Super Bowl. And I didn't win nearly the money that I should have won because I was afraid of putting that money out there because you can't bet with scared money. And that's what I was doing in the Super Bowl because yeah. of what had just happened in the postseason. How do you how do you handle that? You know, if you're having a crisis, confidence crisis, how do you handle that? Well, it's tough. Like, I think it goes back to stepping away for a minute 
and not thinking about any of it and getting literally away and then coming back, you know, honestly open-minded and saying, okay, I just want to find the best bet. If it is one bet on this game, I want to find the one bet. Right. Right. And, And I think, you know, it's important. That's where having a budget and that's where, you know, trusting the numbers that you have out there of what you want to bet. And you say, look, okay, I have, we'll just use a hundred dollars to keep it simple. I have a hundred dollars that I, I'm going to bet on this Super Bowl. So let me find the best bet and look around. Let me, how many, write down how many do I like, right? I like five, but I really like two of them. But you know what? All right. My hundred dollars, I am, I've already known in my head, I, if I lose all of it, it's fine. Like that's what this is, this is about. It's, you know, we're, we're good there. So as long as you know that you're okay, that if you lose all of them, it's, it's no sweat. You've already, you know, mapped it out, but keeping it simple, you know, like I I think that, you know, finding, you know, I know people that don't want to bet just one because obviously you've got everything on one bet, but I also know people look, I'm here in Tennessee. I've got a friend of mine who legitimately, he's not a Titans fan. He's actually a 49ers fan, but he's here and he watches every Titans game, right? And he, all he does, and he's, he's a big better like us, like, you know, bets a ton of games in the NFL all season. He'll only bet one bet on the Titans every week. That's it. Doesn't bet any other teams. Doesn't bet anything. He's like, look, I, I can, I can get a feel on exactly who this team is by week four. You know, he's like, I know when they're going to stumble. I know when they're going to look good. You know, there's obviously always going to be surprises, but he'll only play one because he's like, look, the more bets that I put out there, the percentages of me being successful are going to go down. Right. So everybody kind of has their own perspective on it. I would say, have your budget, you know, that that you're comfortable with uh, and just keep it simple. Don't go overboard. Just keep it simple. And more times than not, you'll be okay. You know, other than, Oh, I like this. I like this. Like that's where, that's where it could get out of hand. And if you're not writing them down, like you said, Dude, it, it'll mess you up quick, man, because you're not yeah. thinking of like correlating bets. Like you're, you're betting, you know, the underdog and then you're betting the over and it's like, but buddy, these two don't align here. You know what I mean? So yeah, just kind of having a clear plan. It's, it's a good point. Yeah. Bankroll management's a monster. It's, it's such an important piece of this whole thing is yeah. I, I often tell people, look, if I, if I lost every dollar in my bankroll, my, my, my daughter's life, my wife's life, my life, nothing changes. So it's just like, <laughs> you, you, you have to be able to be, this is, this is money that you can throw away literally. And you're trying to, to win and trying to build the bankroll up, but you just, you got to be comfortable with where you are. And if you're ever betting your, your mortgage or you're betting your car payment and you're trying to make, you know, child support payments based upon winning a bet, that's a bad place to be. You, Bad place to be. Yeah. You do not want to be there. All right. So you mentioned, um, you know, kind of keeping track in, 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 in where we go with the, by week four of the NFL. Well, we're starting preseason football. So there was uh, a commentator who wrote down on a piece of, 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 of a video that I put out and, and he said, who the hell bets preseason football? And I was like, well, <laughs> me, for one thing, I bet preseason football. How do you feel about the NFL when it comes to betting on the preseason? Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, you know, one, it's fun. Uh, I, I enjoy it. Uh, two, here's the hard part. And I'm sure that that me, you, anybody that's in this, you know, industry, the preseason has changed ever since COVID, right? And, and ever since the schedule changed, right? It used to be the old standard. You had four games, starters played in the third game, you know, two to three quarters. And that's that's a game where you can at least find some consistency. Now, like this hall of fame game on Thursday. Right. So the Cowboys and Steelers, like I, 
we know that starters, Dak and, and Roethlisberger, they might be out there literally a snap, maybe. Maybe not even that. Like, nothing, right? So no. you know that going in. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that one's going to be tough. You better know these backups. But I will say this. You're looking at a game where the total is 32 or 33, something very low. Yeah, absolutely. Like, a hundred on all of these games. Yeah, a hundred percent because teams are – look at the Rams, all right? Uh, I think Sean McVay laid out the perfect explanation for uh, these teams' thoughts in terms of preseason. So Cam Akers goes down. The next day uh, in interviews, uh, a reporter asked him, well, they're the new running back one, you know, uh, uh, Daryl. Yeah, from Memphis, right? They're like, how much is he going to play in the preseason? He goes, I promise you, you're not seeing him at all, right? So I think that that's the new perspective. So knowing that, like, these are completely different situations – you got to have a little bit of an idea, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'll do it for fun because it's, it's fun for me. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say to anybody out there, like, be careful, understand what you're getting into. This isn't yeah. week one, week 16, you know, NFL rosters. The, these are a lot of these guys playing aren't even going to be on the, on the roster, you know, in week one. So yeah. yeah. And people, I mean, like right now, the time of taping here, the, the, the number one total of a preseason game you can bet is 40. Just FYI. Yep. Okay. That's the highest. The lowest is 31 and a half. Yeah. These, these teams aren't scoring. <laughs> these teams aren't running their offense. No. They just want to get in and get out. They want to play three games to be done with it. And they don't want to deal with anything. Travel brings the COVID concern in. Obviously you got teams that are somewhat vaccinated. Some are fully, some aren't at all. Like it's just, there's a lot of uncertainty right now going into this year. And that's kind of the, the next question I want to talk about is, how do you how are you going to approach the forfeit angle? How are you going to handle that if a team is potentially dealing with a COVID issue? The books haven't made a call yet as to they're going to rule it. I found this out over the weekend that if a game is forfeited, the actual final score will be two nothing. In, wow. in, in college, it's one nothing. In the NFL, it's two nothing. So it doesn't really matter all that much, except if it's a one and a half point line. <laughs> yeah. The, and the books take take bets on it, and they claim yeah. the NFL comes back and says it's two nothing. That's a cover for you if you've laid one and a half points. So, yeah. how will you approach this? Are you going to change anything? Just roll up the punches, or do you have a kind of a strategy to go into this yeah. year with COVID? Yeah, you ask you ask a great question, and uh, you know I, I don't think I don't think I have a full strategy yet, but I've definitely been thinking about it. And here's kind of where I've gone so far: is paying attention to the teams. That quite frankly, and look, I'm not making any political statement on it whatsoever. We're not going down that road. But the teams that are having issues getting their vaccination numbers up, I'm absolutely writing these teams down. The Vikings, we're seeing out of their quarterback room right now. The Bills, we've heard you know from them all offseason, which obviously we've heard from Cole Beasley, certainly. But Josh Allen's kind of in that market too, right? So I, I'm putting them down, the, the Washington football team, we've seen the issues, you know, that Ron Rivera has, has been on them, you know, to get vaccinated. So not that you can bank on any of that because it can happen to any team, but I'm certainly paying attention to the teams that are, you know, 90% and above because for the most part, you probably don't have to necessarily worry about that unless something crazy happens. Uh, but, you know, these teams that are already having issues with it. They're going to have these issues are going to pop up. So I, I think I think that's all that I have right now. I'd love to hear like your thoughts, like your strategy. Well, I think, on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't have a full on thought out strategy yet, except I think the team, the locker room distraction is being undersold a little bit with this because yeah. 
if it's spilling out into the media where this morning we found out about the three quarterbacks for the Vikings, but Mike Zimmer allowed the media, he told the media what time his players were showing up to be tested in the parking lot in their cars. Wow. He, he allowed the media to go and watch. He said, I want you guys to go watch how many of our guys are out there getting tested right now, because if they're getting tested, that means they're unvaccinated. If yeah. you aren't, if you are vaccinated, you don't be tested. So like, that's a that's a shot across the bow inside that locker room. I mean, that's that's a a team building problem. And you got your quarterback now is going to miss up to two weeks in the middle of training camp. Who's not going to yeah. be there? So I, I think those are teams you have to at least early in the season look to and go. I don't know what to do with them. Like, yeah. I don't know if you just stay away from them or you fade them just because we don't know how ready they're going to be coming up in week one. Like how are, is Kirk Cousins going to be ready to go? Will the Cowboys be ready to go? I mean, will will Washington be ready to go? I mean, Ron Rivera is out there going, I'm a cancer survivor and you guys don't care if you kill me. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a pretty significant thing in the locker room to walk into a meeting room and, and have like, you know, that being placed on a team when the coach is like, I'm immunocompromised and you guys won't help me. So that to me is, is I think, an underreported or talked about story going into the season early. And on top of the fact, that the first four weeks of the season, the books don't have the numbers. So that's the edge that I've seen over since I've been in Vegas for six years. My most successful month every single football season is September because yep. it's the it's the one time where the books simply do not have the numbers and you can find and really fading the public in September is beautiful too because people think they all pound on one side and more often than not it's it's not going to be right yeah they, they'll bet a team it. and not a number yeah I, you know yeah. and I that's a great point I didn't even think about the locker room of just the 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 attitude and emotion with that yeah. right that's an excellent point. I, I I could not agree more. That's a good it's point. the prep. I mean, it's a prep time, and this is when you're getting ready for the year, right? Yeah. And as as we saw last year, we we didn't have training camp, and so the teams in week one, week two looked like crap. I mean, they sucked. It was awful football because you could tell they hadn't had training camp and they hadn't yeah. worked with each other. So you take a quarterback out of the out of the equation. I mean, the Vikings are are a problem, and that can take us to the next topic. What do you do with the Colts? I mean, Wentz Wentz is out. This is a team that was had a 10 or a projection for a win total. Now it's going to be reposted probably somewhere around nine, eight and a half, somewhere in there. But this is a crap division, but that team's a mess without Carson Wentz. What do you do with Indianapolis? A mess. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, first off, I, I know this division, like the back of my hand, just right. being here in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll say this. I wasn't believing in the Colts even before this with Carson okay. Wentz. Now, the Colts might have the best overall roster in the division, right? Like they, they are phenomenal. Chris Ballard's done a great job building this team out. Um, Frank Reich, obviously I, I really like him as a head coach and they've got a lot of young talent everywhere, but they have screwed this quarterback position up, not only with Carson Wentz, but not having a guy behind him. Like they would love to have Jacoby Brissett right about now, you know, and he's down in what, Miami. Um, so yeah, like I, I was already on, you know, the Titans, to win this division just because I didn't like where they were going with Carson Wentz. Even before all this, you look at the Jaguars and Texans, they could be two of the worst teams in the NFL, both with brand new quarterbacks, both with brand new head coaches do not believe in them whatsoever. And you're looking at a Titans team who is not great, but they're pretty good. They won 11 games and they won the division last year, right? Mm -hmm. With arguably the worst secondary defense in the history of the NFL. So yeah, like, and they, you know, they add somebody like Julio Jones, which I don't think Julio is going to be, you know, some, you know, 24 year old version of Julio Jones, but 
he'll help other guys get open. Right. So oh, yeah. yeah, with the Colts, man, like I, I, I'm not buying into them whatsoever. I think if, if you look around uh, at, you know, try to find the correlating bets with this, right. So everybody's going to look to, you know, Titans to win the division, which they've already jumped the fence. Now. I think they're like minus one twenty or something. Yeah. They were but, plus, plus one sixty before the news. And now they're yeah, to right? minus so, 120. Yeah. yeah. You, you probably lost the value there, but yep. Where you could find value is, say, the Titans, uh, their win totals at nine. Okay. So, first off, Mike Vrabel's been here five years. He's 4 0 and 1 to their over on win total. So, he's he's never missed one. Ooh, I did yeah. not know that good, stat. That's a good great nugget stat. right there. Absolutely. Yeah. And okay. it's sitting at nine. And you're looking at a team who really honestly wasn't all that great last year. And they, what, won 11 games. Yep. Uh, so, you're looking at a division where, they're going to play the Jaguars twice. They're going to play the Texans twice. They're going to play the Colts twice, right? <laughs> At six, six games, like <laughs> if they win four, if they win five yep. of those games, now you only need four wins for a push, right? right? And you're talking about 12 more games to win four of them. So yep. I think that could be a good correlating bet with it. I also think in say week one, like Carson Wentz is not going to be ready to go. Even if he's walking back in, they're not going to throw them out there. So whatever they do, if they go with Eason, if they go with Ellinger, if they make a trade for like Mariota, which would be weird, but if they, you know, something like that, uh, I might not bet the game, you know, uh, with Seattle, but I'm certainly going to look at Jonathan Taylor's prop numbers because they're yeah. going to run the hell out of the ball. Right. right. So I think looking at, at those correlating bets, uh, at least early, that's probably, you know, that's probably where you're going to make your money because it makes absolute sense, especially for a conservative style coach like Frank Reich, where he's like, we just need to get the hell out of here without more injuries. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just run the damn ball. So, yeah, I think finding those correlating spots like that's where you'll make your money for sure. I, I was stunned that when the books put the total back up for week one with Seattle, it was 52. They reopened it at 45. <laughs> yeah. I like I was like, man, Wentz is worth a touchdown like that is. Yeah. Oh, boy, that's a. You know, you know, three points is a is a monster move in the NFL. Seven is is insanity. So obviously, yeah. they are really concerned with Indy's ability to, to move the football and, and score points this season, no matter who is going to be the quarterback for them. And yeah, there's, I mean, I, I think at, you know, best case scenario, he's back mid September. Worst case is you know mid October for him. But this is a broken foot that he he needs two weeks of doing nothing and then yeah. two to four weeks and they'll evaluate him after two to four weeks. So I, I think the whole thing, Indy might be playing for the number one, you know, number one pick next year. In this, it, it, it's, it's going to be a disaster. It, it's going to keep yeah. going because I mean, you look at Wentz, like, you know, one, he uses his feet, you know, cause he doesn't have great pocket presence. Granted Philly wasn't helping him out there last year, but right. I mean, he uses his feet. Like he doesn't use a tight end as a safety valve. He uses his feet to get out. So that's already, issue number one issue number two he's not that good at it to begin with right and now you're doing it with you know a, a foot ankle whatever that you just had surgery on I, I this i think this thing is going to linger for a long time and i, I don't care what, there's no way that they're rolling out here with jacob eason or sam ellinger they might it's not going to go well for them but then they're also a conservative like team to where Okay, you've already got this Wentz contract that you want to now get out of, probably. But mm. are you going to now, you know, get rid of draft picks and you're going to pay somebody like a, a Mariota or whoever? Like, you're kind of compounding this issue here. I don't know what they do, but I'm with you. I, I, that those first four weeks, it's going to be very, very brutal for them, man. It's going to be tough.
All right, give me before we end it here. Give me a couple of NFL bets that, that you like heading into this season. And, and, you know, let's, is there any? Is there a win total out there besides the Titans that you like? Yeah, so um, I, I do like the uh, the Bills. I think it's a 10, 10 and a half somewhere around there. Uh, I, I think that they're uh, they're they're a solid team, and I don't. I, I don't see them like falling apart in the locker room. Uh, I, I think that they're going to be, you know, solid and, and can kind of eat up that AFC East. I think they'll have more issues with Miami than they will with New England, to be completely Ooh. honest with you. Yeah. Honestly, man. But I, I think Buffalo, you know, I, I think that that's a, that's a good one to look at. Look at San Francisco. Uh, mm-hmm. If you could get them yeah. at 10, uh, I, this Trey Lance kid might be for real. Um, and, and even if, even if he doesn't play, uh, Garoppolo's got to play too because he knows that he's out of here and he's got to play for you know a new team, whatever he's going to be next year. So I, I kind of roll with them. Also, I'll, I'll say another one. I'm buying into one the Falcons over. I think it's like seven. And so I'm, funny, yeah, it's so funny. We we just talked about this yesterday on, on my radio show. I'm, yeah, I'm because it, I, I, I had yeah, John, John, John John Michaels is, is their sideline reporter, and yeah. he basically like laid it out for me, and he basically like walked me through the schedule, and like I couldn't argue with any of his points. No, for them, and, for them to win eight games. And let me tell you this, and I'll give you another perspective on it. Okay, so their new head coach Arthur Smith, he was the OC in Tennessee uh, for the last two years, uh, and has been with the organization. Dude, for 10 years, okay? So understand this. This is the type of person that they have. This guy, his dad started FedEx. <laughs> They've got money. This guy could buy the team if, if yeah. they wanted to, okay? So I say that jokingly, but I also say it as this. He legitimately started, just to get in football, started literally making coffee and copies for the wow. team. Did not care. You know, just did not care. He wanted to be and learn every single aspect of it. So now that this guy has become a head coach, like I know that there's going to be growing pains, but I'm telling you, he's legitimately done every single thing in an organization to help around there. So he understands what defensive coaches are looking at, running backs, like all of it. And he's a fantastic human being and his, uh, his offense. You saw what the Titans got better after Matt LaFleur with him. Um, Matt Ryan's going to have a good season. Uh, their office is gonna have a season. They gotta, you know, fix some things on the defense. But, dude, I, I'm buying a little bit into that. And they're week one. I, they're playing the Eagles. I think they're three, three and a half point favorites. Hammer the hell out of that because they, I'm telling you, Philly's got issues. I like Jalen Hurts. I like some of the, you know, pieces that they have. But now that Devontae Smith is hurt, yeah. dude, the Falcons. Are, I'm telling you, the, the Falcons. They'll put up points. I, I guarantee you with that. Arthur Smith is gonna. He's gonna load that. He's gonna load the ball yeah. up. For sure. I, I, I haven't bet it yet, but it's it's on my list of things that I'm shopping around trying to find the best number on. But I think you're absolutely right about the Falcons. And it's it's one of those it's one of those bets where the public's gonna go, the Falcons, they suck. Eh. It's how I feel about the Bengals. I I, I bet the I bet over six and a half for the Bengals, and people yeah. are like, Oh, they suck. I'm like, guys, mm. one, look at the schedule. As long as Burrow stays healthy, look, I covered Zach Taylor at Nebraska. I hate the head coach of the Bengals. It's it was the, the hardest thing was the bet on over for Zach Taylor. <laughs> But Jamar Chase was the best player in college football two years ago. People yep. forget what this kid is. He's insane. And you got Joe Burrow back. And as long as that knee is healthy, their receiving core is so good. Their offensive line is okay. I, I, I'll give it to you. A little nervous. Yep. But I just need seven wins out of it. And, and I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, again, I, I may be on an island here, but I think the Steelers are going to have a rough year. I'm on oh, their yeah. under. I'm on their under eight and a half wins for the Steelers. I don't care if Big Ben lost weight or not. He's still not going to be able to produce the way he's going to need to. Yeah. to and I think them drafting a running no back. Was a, like, 
Yeah, they had no they, they right. two two of the best players on the offensive line retired that they got yeah. to replace and, and keep and they drafted a running back in the first round. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Like it, it, the crazy thing is this and going from literally they're undefeated to two weeks later, they, they couldn't run an offense that they, they had to get the ball out in one point five seconds or less because legitimately their O-line was just, you know, just garbage. Yeah, it was. And they have done they've done nothing but actually get worse at that position group. So, yeah, I'm with you there. 100 percent. Yes. That's why I like the Bengals to maybe win both games against the Steelers. And I mean, people were yelling at me going like Bengals, Bengals good like, last year, man. Like, yep. When poor boy got hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Cool. And I, people just look at that. And I'm like, okay, fine. And, you know, I, 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 I actually, I don't know how you feel. But sometimes I, I prefer when people yell at me about my picks, I feel better about them than when I get everybody saying, oh, I love that pick. And I'm like, yeah, oh, shit. I'm like, okay, yep. I'm in trouble. you're like, damn <laughs> like it, damn. yeah, if you're everybody's in the public's with it. Yeah. Yeah. If everyone's running with this thinking it's a good play, it's like, uh oh, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, that might be somewhat problematic. All right. Give me a college football play before I let you go. Did you have a college football play that you like this yeah. year? Uh, yeah, I got two of them. I, I'll give it to you. For week one, uh, you've got both teams are going to play in primetime games, both in the SEC. First up, Alabama's playing against Miami. That number has moved, I think, from like 17 to around 18, 18 and a half, somewhere on there. Understand this. One, Alabama, go look at the numbers. They beat the hell out of whoever they're playing in, <laughs> in week, week one, one. <laughs> every year. And two, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because what Nick Saban does is when he loses big you know, numbers of players to the NFL, he is so hard on them in training camp, letting them know that that team is not you. Like you, you're not them. You, you're going to have to earn it. So he beats the hell out of them in terms of just browbeating them. Right. So yep. they come out in week one and are just literally ready to just kill everybody. And this Bryce young kid that they have a quarterback is 1 million percent. The truth. Uh, number two uh, is Ole Miss. I think that number's around. Yeah. Seven and a half, eight, somewhere around there, buddy. I'll say this. From uh, personal uh, uh, knowledge of you know being around him and seeing it, you put Lane Kiffin in prime time with a reason to want to embarrass somebody. Lane Kiffin will do everything that he can to embarrass somebody. So I, I'm with you. Uh, I, I buy those. So yeah, Alabama, Ole Miss, Week One. Yeah, all over, my, man. My favorite bet in college football is over seven and a half wins for Ole Miss this year. So. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm I'm all over it. Their offense is going to be solid, man. Like you said, like they got some defensive issues for sure, but yeah, yeah. Lane Kiffin with, with that offense, dude, they're going to do some things, man. Like he, 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 he loves and cherishes that he wants to, if he could put up a thousand, he'll put up a thousand, man. Cause it looks good for recruiting. I would totally agree. Uh, are you a Bama first half betting guy? Uh, you know, we'll find out. I think it depends on who the team is for sure. I think you got to take a look at, you know, their defense because they lose a lot of players every year on that. So every, you know, Alabama team is a little bit different last year. It took them some time uh, to kind of get that defensive, um, you know, just starting 11 playing well. So they would put up a trillion points, you know what I mean? But they'd give some points up too. Um, but generally, yeah. I mean, it's hard to go against them. Yeah. They're, just, they're just that good, man. Just fun. They're that good. Bama first half bets are almost as blind. Just make yep. them just, at the end of the year, you'll wind up, you wind up in the profit margin given <laughs> given where they are in, in what they do. But yeah, I mean, Ole Miss hung 48 on them last year. So was last Which year to tell with them. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Big games, dude. He loves them. Loves Absolutely. Them. Alan, do me a favor, give out where folks can find you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, sportsline.com. Uh, obviously, CBS Sportsline. You can find us on there. Our show, The Early Edge, every morning, uh, 10 minutes or less. We hit you with the best picks of the day, everything that you need. But yeah, find me at Twitter at Alan Bell247, sportsline.com. Thank you, man. Appreciate the time. I hey, appreciate you, buddy. Thanks so much for having me.
Big thank you to Alan Bell for stopping on by. Make sure you subscribe to The Sharps Report. We are now on Apple. You guys can get it every single Wednesday. When it drops, it'll notify you, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get it. And leave us a review if you could as well. That would be awesome on Apple or Stitcher. Tell us what we're doing, whether you like it or not. What can we improve upon? Just give us some feedback as we've now done four of these and we're looking forward to an awesome football season. Next week, even more to come on The Sharps Report every Wednesday here on bettingpros.com. 